Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Ahidi, and today's guest is Muhammad Ali talking about being courageous. I chose this episode because so many of us have lofty goals that we often forget we need to become a different person completely and be courageous to achieve them. We need to do things that the average person would deem unnecessary or unlikely for success. Whenever I hear Muhammad Ali talking in an interview or giving a speech, I'm always reminded of how different he was and the things that he would say and the confidence that he had to achieve the things that he wanted. He knew he was the greatest well before anyone else dubbed him the greatest, and that's why he was so special. That's it for me today. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Well, this is a world champion boxer, basketball player, a track star, a horse, even animals. I find out that this Mark Spitz, for an example, he's a world champion. But what made him the world champion was that he seemed to, at the right time when the pressure's down, at the last few yards, he can get that lead. He's got enough left to make it. I fought Ken Norton, my last fight. The fight was even up until the last round. But I had something that he didn't have, although I'm much older. Uh, and that was the uh, last-minute kick. What's that last-minute kick? Is that something? Just the stamina, hear? the strength, the it's mental, more than training, the mental capacity, the mental capacity to realize what's involved and how important it is to make your body do something that's really too tired to do. Your mind makes you do it. Uh, Mark Spitz, this Olympic track star, was mentioning. He wasn't that much greater than all the people in the world, but sometimes he won by just that much. And uh, a champion is just one who can come out at the last minute and close the show, as I say, the star closes the show, a 14, 15 round fight, and it's even, and the, usually this champion, you can depend on him to come through the last few seconds and find some energy from somewhere. Is that mental discipline? Is it discipline? Not only that, it's mental and physical. His body's in physical shape to do it, plus mentally too. You know, he's got himself in condition where both fellows may be, sometimes the wheel can outdo the skill. Sometimes a fellow's will is stronger than the man who's actually better physically, and the determination and weakens the other man just to see him so determined. George Foreman, people are afraid of George Foreman. They talk about how hard he hits. The world has been deceived. You listen to me now. I've never told you wrong. The man don't hit hard. He knocked Joe Frazier down six times. He got up six times. Joe King Roman is... Tokyo, Japan fight, the Puerto Rican champion, knocked him down three times, he jumped up three times. He knocked Ken Norton down four times, he jumped up four times. When have you ever saw the man say seven, eight, nine, ten, count his man out? When I hit Sonny Liston in the second fight, he stayed out for the count of ten. Zora Foley stayed out for the count of ten. Cleveland Williams stayed out for the count of ten. What few I have knocked out, stayed down. Sugar Ray Robinson knocked him out for the count of thirty. Joe Lewis, Marciana, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Archie Moore as a child, they knock him out cold. So this man has never knocked nobody out cold. He's a bully. He's slow. He has no skill, no footwork. He's awkward. And I had been giving him a name. I named Floyd Patterson the rabbit. I named Sonny Liston the bear. And he shall be known officially as the mummy. <laughs> the mummy. And why, why the mummy? Because he fights. When he's fighting, if you ever watch him in the ring, he, 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 he drags like that after his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And how's a mummy gonna catch me? When you're fighting a mummy, you just keep a step ahead of the mummy. Yeah, yeah. See? Move yeah, move just it. move on the mummy. No, mummy, I'm over here. No, mummy, I'm over here. Yeah, no, you're moving too fast. The mummy don't move that fast. Do you ever get frightened before a fight? Do you ever get nervous before a fight? I'm nervous, but not frightened. I'm, bit, I'm nervous uh, because I, I have a great insight on, I just don't see the audience. I, every camera, I see millions of people. Like, the Frazier fight was watched by 1,000 million people, which is five times the population of everybody in the United States. Just a picture of arena with one million people. I imagine you couldn't see them all. And just think about a hundred million and ten hundred million and all those people and everything. That makes me nervous. Just the idea of me just being a humble fellow from Kentucky, got lucky in sports, and now here's the house. The fight was piped in a place like Thailand to the government house in Arabia, and the government officials took time off to watch the fight. And just for two men boxing, attracting so many people of all races and nationalities. In Hawaii, I understand, they, they stopped, closed all the factories and the people, they set televisions on every street corner. People came out watching the fight on the streets and every bar in America, every, every house, the, even traffic was still doing that fight. In Madison Square Garden, 10,000 people couldn't get in and just over one man and just imagine all them people watching you, that makes me nervous until, until I get started. And then no nerves at all? My, my thinking is so superior, and my knowledge is so positive, and my logic is so wise until it clashes with the mentality, which is down here, and I'm over there. So by me being so high, I can see more and see farther than you. And you're looking up at me saying, Ali, don't do it. <laughs> Ali, please stop me, it hurts. And you're on a job making... Six to seven pounds a week, whoever this guy is. <laughs> never, never been out of the country, not known in his own neighborhood. Ali, don't do it. But I'm at such a high level until I don't think like you. I'm not like you. I'm not saying you are mean to other person. But I'm, you, but you, not but, but you know why they say that. I mean, it's for the because best possible reasons. Though. They fear and they are wary. It looks, looks dangerous to them. That's but right. It's not really that dangerous to me. No problem. This will be the biggest upset since Sonny Lester, and I think it is befitting that I go out of boxing just like I came in, defeating a big bad monster that nobody could destroy. A hard punch. I'm the underdog. If he hits me, I'm in trouble, like the Sunday Liston fight. But I came back, and I shook the world, and I got Liston. Now, it's 10 years since Sunday Liston. I'm meeting another big, bad, strong monster, knockout artist that beats everybody. Sunday Liston knocked out Patterson twice, and I was supposed to fall, but he didn't knock me out. Because he could hit hard, but he couldn't find them to hit. George Foreman knocked out Ken Norton, knocked out Joe Frazier. True, I didn't knock him out, but I'm so fast, I'm so hard hit, I'm so scientific. I'm a totally different man from Frazier Norton. Listen, David, when I meet this man, if you think the world was surprised when Nixon resigned, wait till I whip Foreman behind. <laughs> I'm telling you, David, I'm down to 215 pounds. Right now, I sat here weighing 215. I'm fighting weight already. I usually train six weeks for fight. I've trained four months for fight. I'm chopping trees. I've done something special. I've wrestled with an alligator. <laughs> I've tussled I with a... I believe you totally. I, have, I believe you completely. I have tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. 
Now, you know I'm bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Porn. Huh. You got one minute? <laughs> one minute. Easy. Porn goes like this. People say, what's going to happen? You meet Joe Frazier again. Here's how the fight's going to sound on the radio for those who can't afford to buy the expensive theater seats. <laughs> and the fight goes like this. Ding, Ali comes out to meet Frazier, but Frazier starts to retreat. If Frazier goes back an inch farther, he'll wind up in the ringside seat. Ali swings with the left, Ali swings with the right. Look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time, there Ali lowers the boom. Now Ali lands with the right. What a beautiful swing, and the punch lifts Frazier clean out of the ring. <laughs> Frazier's still rising, but the referee wears a frown, for he can't start counting till Frazier comes down. <laughs> now Frazier disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic, but our radar station stuff picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> Who would have thought when they came to the fight that they would have witnessed the launching of a colored satellite? <laughs> I don't pay no attention to what they say about me. All I do is just do what I have to do and get paid and that's it. But I don't really pay no attention to the rules of boxing. I don't pay no attention. I defy all the rules. I defy, I've added pages to the book of boxing. I have this game as such a thing now until boxing promoters can no longer afford my shows. I have governments like Iran ready to put up 10 million for me to fight Joe Frazier. I have governments like Cairo, Egypt wanting to put up 6 million with people like Ron Lau. I have countries all like, uh, all back throughout Zaire talking to Mobuto. He wants him back again. They'll put up five more million million for return with Fullman. When we talk about 10 million and 6 million and 4 million, this is unbelievable. And they don't expect to get the money back. They're promoting their countries and their ideals. So I've excelled so in this sport of boxing until Madison Square Garden is too small. Yankee Stadium is too small. The Houston Astrodome, the biggest promoters in the wealth is Americans and Englishmen you can get for promotions cannot just promote me no more. You understand? So I've not only added pages to boxing, but added new sections to the boxing book. Everybody stop talking now, attention. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. When I beat Sunday Liston, I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me. Never again say that I'm going to be defeated. Never again make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Right. Then you might get me. But I didn't dance. I didn't dance for a reason. I wanted to make him lose all his power. I kept telling him he had no punch. He couldn't hit. He's swinging like a sissy. He's missing. Let me see your box. I hadn't started dancing yet. You can't say my legs are gone. You can't say I was tired because what happened? I didn't dance from the second round on. I stayed on the ropes. When I stay on the ropes, you think I'm doing bad. But I want all boxers to put this in the page of boxing. Staying on the ropes is a beautiful thing with a heavyweight when you make him shoot his best shots and you know he's not hitting you. I would have gave George Solomon two rounds instead of punching because after that he was mine. I want to say something right here. You all might, this might make you all think. Life is not really long. Let's say the average person 30 years old. If you're 30 years old, you are not but about seven years old. How can I prove it? Add up all the seven, eight, nine hours you slept for 30 years. 
out of 30 years, out of all the nights, last night when you went to bed and woke up this morning, you don't remember a thing. You've been unconscious for about eight years. If you're 30 years old, you slept about eight years. Okay. How much traveling have you done in 30 years? From the television station to home, to another country, to another city, to school, to church. You've probably traveled two years your life or spent just getting back and forth to where you're going. So there's eight years of sleeping, two years of traveling, there's 30 years out of your life before you accomplish anything. How long do you sit in school? In America, we stay in school from the 12th grade to, from the first grade to 12th grade. Same here? Yeah, virtually. Six hours a day? Yeah. Six hours a day for 12 years, break it down, you sit in a classroom for three years without leaving. Okay, two years of traveling, eight years of sleeping, three years of school. How many movies have you went to? How many wrestling matches? How much entertainment? How many movie theaters, live plays, baseball games? Probably two years of entertainment. So by the time a man, you older people know him, bear witness what I'm saying, by the time you have children, by the time you have uh, made a way for your children, by the time you've paid for your home, you're pushing 60 years old. So life is real short. You know, I'm sure Henry will tell you, any fighter that knows what's happening, you really can't plan a fight when you're meeting a man you've never met before, right? You just have to get your tools ready. Here's a car stops on the highway. They call the AAA or whatever and say, my car's broke down. What it is? The lady, she don't know what's broke Well, the man comes with all the tools, and he come equipped to handle whatever the problem is. An astronaut goes into space, and he pretends that something happens to the ship before he take off. He gets out, and he works on it. He's not looking for something to happen. Them, but it might happen so I didn't I just had everything ready now after the first round being here with a top professional a man so great had so many knockouts never been defeated never been even scratched I didn't know really how good he was so I had to come in actually a little nervous and with everything ready after one round of dancing I'd found out that this would tire me out so I would have to resort to ropes. I figured that out after the first round. So I said, I'm going to go to these ropes, and I'm going to let this man throw everything he can, let him tire himself out. He might look like he's winning, and if he don't hurt me, I'm going to stay here. But if he should be as great as they say he is, if he hits as hard as they say he hit, when he hits you and breaks your arm, he knocked out Joe Frazier, I couldn't do it, knocked out Ken Norton, he was a big, bad jab before the fight, you remember. Now, you remember that, don't you? Yeah, I do. How bad he was? <laughs> they don't say that now, but you remember he was a real bad cat the other day, right? Don't forget that. Now, after I found out he didn't have it, I stayed there. But if he had had what I thought he had had or what they said he'd had, I'd have kept running, hoping I wouldn't get tired.